0: to another episode of the big question presented by friends film a podcasting an in-depth look at a specific related question on this episode we'll discuss what to expect from the star wars trilogy by the game of thrones creators as always i'm your host cooper Wood, and this week once again i'm joined by josh traley hello everyone hello cooper hello what's going on it is nothing nothing's going on uh, okay it's Fair not like we've been trying to get something going for like Four times, and I keep messing up the it intro. It was
1: it was it was a stuttery start to this one, that's for sure. <laughs> it was a very, very good thing we are not live or straight
0: to tape or anything. Yeah, we are straight to tape in some ways. Though. In some ways, maybe, but like you know, you don't have to hear me try to say that intro four times. Like if I choke
1: out in the middle of the pod, we don't like freeze it all and then cut it out. Mostly the time. I mean, if it's super egregious, I tried to do that. Yes. Question for you: Okay, what is your favorite movie-related gaff? That you've seen happen, they're like, that's a problem.
0: They need to cut that out.
1: Hmm. But it made it in a way, its way onto the film.
0: I don't know. Can you give me an example of one? Like, what's your favorite? Fellowship of the Ring.
1: There's a car in the backdrop that you can see very clearly if you like, pay attention to it. That made it on its way. Hmm. Game of Thrones, the coffee cup. Yeah, it's not the water water bottle.
0: bottle. There's a lot of them in there. Right. Um I don't know. I I don't really normally notice that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If I do, I just like, eh, whatever. Continuity problem. I know there's one from Oh, what was it? I didn't even see the movie, but the or no, I think one of the S- P- Star Wars prequels mm-hmm. you can see like the engine of some like cart. Or maybe that's no, that's from the Ben-Hur remake, I think. <laughs> because okay. I did, which I didn't yes, they're motor powered rather than yeah, yeah that's Makes what it was I've seen, I've seen that photo online
1: Star Wars Empire Strikes Back you can see in the early ones they raced it in the new ones you can see like the prop stick of a womp arm <laughs> you know coming <laughs> and swiping Luke off the tauntaun. I just watched Empire last week um,
0: it's uh, all the well I guess it's, it's Wednesday when you're seeing this but you know this is M- Memorial Day weekend as mm-hmm. we're recording um, and you know uh what is it T B S spike? Somebody's been doing uh you know nonstop Star Wars movies for the whole weekend.
1: That's right. That's their thing. They do it now and they do it like again in We'll probably do it again before nine releases.
0: That's right, yeah. i'll
1: we'll Probably do it again. They do it like twice a year. Thanksgiving time too? I don't know. Or Friday,
0: May the fourth? That would be too oh, close. That'd be yes. too close
1: together. Right. They're all packed together. Beats me. But anyway, um if you're looking for um movies that may or may not have gaffes in them, maybe the entire movie is a gaffe because it's that bad. Well, we'll probably have talked about it at some point. Um And you can find our tweets about those on Twitter at Friends in Film. But if you want in-depth reviews and conversations around news and the happenings and the movings of Hollywood and the things that they make, sometimes independently, not in Hollywood, you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. But if you can on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That will ultimately help rank us, and then we can find more friends at the
0: show. That is correct, and you know we, you were mentioning those Game of Thrones snafus, those mm-hmm. those mistakes that made it to the air. Yes, um, I think that's because we are talking about the Game of Thrones creators this week, David Benioff and DB Wise, and that they have joined the S- Star Wars universe at Lucasfilm. And this is not new news. Uh, this isn't like you're breaking. Holy crap! This is happening. This happened a year ago, uh, back in February of 2018, is when that was announced originally. Uh, but now they are finished their work on game of thrones the season eight finale aired last week and you know reactions to it are still you know very much mm-hmm. uh what's what i looking for percolating percolating great choice uh thank you for filling out my vocabulary josh it's a fun uh, word too. <laughs> it is um so those are still percolating online uh, percolating our minds percolating your podcast feeds i'm sure in many ways and you know, we figured, well, you know, we don't cover TV, um, even though we've been giving our Game of Thrones reactions for the last several main episodes just to kind of be part of the think. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we decided to take a turn from that and look at what this means now for their Star Wars trilogy that they are developing because that is what David Benoff and D.B. Wise will be doing next. What we know so far is that they are writing and producing a series of films, according to the Star Wars press release, with uh, an HBO executive hinting slash semi-confirming that it is a trilogy of films, not a series that could be you know, four, five, six, seven mm-hmm. movies long which, you know, could it could be a plan to be a George right now, and that could extend to be a series. We don't know yet at this moment. Uh, but we do know, thanks to Bob Iger, that the first film of their saga will come out in 2022 in December. So we are still over three years away from that hitting theaters, um, and it'll be a long break between that film and when The ride Skywalker hits theaters this uh, December as well. Meanwhile, we don't know anything about the plot. We don't know cast members. We don't know who's going to direct it. We don't even know if they are going to be, going to be the only ones who write on the project, um, but for a long time, we've all kind of been under the assumption that's because they are the creators of Game of Thrones for HBO, that they're joining Star Wars. What is the perfect combination of those two mediums? It is the Knights of the Old Republic, uh, and it turns out that that may not be the case, as we discussed in the main show on Monday. Lita Calogritus, um has been uh, secretly attached to write a nice little public script from early 2018 and it is unclear at this point if she is writing the first film for Banford Wise's trilogy or if this is a brand new trilogy altogether or what the deal is um, but it does leave us now with a question of maybe they aren't doing older public and now they're maybe they're doing something completely new but as of this moment those are all kind of that, all that stuff is up in the air but all we know is for sure they're writing they're producing. It's coming out in 2022. The first film, the subsequent movies will depend on probably the reception of that first film, the production timeline of these other trilogies that Lucasfilm has in development. But all of the stuff we're talking about now is because Game of Thrones season eight just wrapped up last week. The finale's out. Mm-hmm. The finale, the final season, the last really two seasons, you could say, yeah. have divided the viewers um in many ways uh based on the choices made by characters by all these other stuff and it's a very different uh reaction now and viewpoint of oh the game of thrones creators are doing star wars a year ago year plus ago back in february 2018 that was this is great news this is just what star wars needs these guys are on top of the world this is going to be the next big thing for star wars and fast forward to now you know late may 2019 and it's uh well, maybe, maybe they shouldn't be doing that. We're concerned. <laughs> we're going to start petitions to get them off of these uh, these movies. Yeah. To remake them already, even though they haven't been made yet. And uh, why is that the case, Josh?
1: It's, I, it, I think it's because
0: of the visceral reaction
1: of the show. I mean, you and I have been very, I think, sort of muted in our takes on it. I think so. Um, we're muted people in general. I think we both a lot of time. like The final season, yes, but we certainly don't love it. It's like going from a five star to a three star. That's really good. It's like getting a Five Guys hamburger, like then like getting a Big Mac. It's like there's a quality jump, but when you're (laughs) eating it and like it's in your face, it still tastes good. Uh You know, and that's kind of the jump here, Uh, but since it's the internet there's no filter and people just it just gets screamed into the right. void because it's easier to be upset and you know ridiculous and things like that and then the coffee cups and the water bottles they don't, they don't they don't help your situation um and so then you're like you just have something bad or you, you have this worst meal you've ever tasted and then all of a sudden you're like guess what the, the, the chef from this restaurant is going to your new favorite place <laughs> or your other favorite place and when you hear that you're like oh no we have to put a stop to this petitions uh, internet hashtags i think it was hashtag it trended really or, or it didn't trend but there was a twitter moment i guess which is different than a trend yes um sort of like you know make makes make so the two happen like, uh-huh.
0: I, but that actually did trend. that was a, that, a, that was like a legit... top 10 Trend. which was
1: wild in and of itself so props to it uh, Resistance making Star broadcast, Wars, Resistance broadcast yeah. yes uh john huey was the mm-hmm. last of it Yep, for, for sure um so all of that broke through and then it started at least i think um it, it lived right there but then there's also like the doubts that have been running through the show in general um, you know, like I haven't been following Game of Thrones that long. I don't think you have been following it from inception either. I don't know if you jumped Correct. on board in 2016, 2017. Um,
0: I started watching live for season seven. Mm-hmm. So I caught up before then.
1: Okay. Yeah. But I think I could remember following your journey through it. Yes. Uh, particularly at the Red Wedding all through on this podcast. <laughs> um, but throughout the series, it has been had pot shots at it for um sexism and racism. Uh Daenerys is very white savory. There's very few conversations. Um there uh people of color's characters are used as plot points mm-hmm. rather than, you know people. Right. You know, like grey worm is the most developed and yet, you know, come finale time he doesn't have much and Misandry or Misandry is axed. you know. Right.
0: And then even when they go to Winterfell, it's very clear that like you know, the people at Winterfell have never seen any Bay of Color before. Mm -hmm. And instead of like addressing this, these like strange looks at their game, there's like, eh, forget about these people, we're gonna go on an island Uh after this is all done. I feel like there's something to discuss here that you're just glossing over.
1: Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you get like the Dothraki and like all of those things like like, violent savages I guess is like what gets played on, but Mm -hmm. it's also reality shaping, but whatever the case is. And then there's you know, the rapey edge of a lot of things that George Mara Martin did not put in there. And then you start to then you start to question and wonder, like, okay, these people definitely have a dark spin and there's a lot of, like, problematic things to what they do. And so all of these things sort of just kind of get festered and poured out. And then when you um, you get into the zeitgeist of, like, I think it's the same people for the Confederate, you're like, they're letting them do what? Right. <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and so and you're saying that they're going to a more family-friendly property, you're like, well, how's that going to work? You know, in terms of content, but in terms of like, we're going to trust them with nine more hours of footage, you know, memoirs, hours of storytelling when like we just watched them do that exact thing. And it, it imploded, mm-hmm. you know, and you had all that thing. So I guess that's kind of where that angst and resentment is coming from.
0: Right now. Do you share any of that angst? I don't share any of that angst because
1: even like because honestly, Disney is a thing, and then all of a sudden you're going to put um, Benioff and Weiss through that machine that's mm-hmm. going to probably break their spirits, you know, <laughs> a lot. Like H- like literally going from do whatever you want to. Like we have so many rules and standards. oh you know, here's a story group right. with all of this content um, and mythology to lay on top of, you know, and like it is a bit different or it's a bit the same because the George R. R. Martin was there, but uh, I think they're going to go through the machine and the parts that are going to come out of it are just like precise planning. And I think it's all just reactionary and not logical. That makes any
0: sense. I think I think it does. I think that's kind of where there's still I great I'm ultimately feeling at this point. Um that again, this is all very much in the moment where a week out for the finale, it's oh, I can't believe what they did. I can't believe they made again spoilers for Game of Thrones, they made Brandon I King, they they made Daenerys a villain at the last second, even though there's hints of that going on, you know, back to like season two mm-hmm. or three. And uh, you know, I think more it's more of just like for me the concerns come with just the execution of it all. Um and more of just like their overall commitment to what they're signing up for now because like the fallout of hb with you know game of thrones is more like well the actors all have you know contracts up till seven seasons because mm-hmm. that's the standard television contract length for actors and it's like okay well we can do this longer but, but all the actors are like nah <laughs> if you go on to season eight i'm out i'm out mm-hmm. i'm out i want to 200% raise I want whatever right uh, and so that was never that was never going to last the other concern that comes with just like well because of that not knowing that was the case you are now rushing to hit this finale that you otherwise were probably thinking could go on for another two three years uh, or at the very least have an, a full 10 episode season length for both seven and eight so that way we get an additional seven episodes basically an additional season worth uh from what we just received and i think that all would have been for the better uh we would have seen daenerys slowly you know succumb to like not being the one that's truly empowered and seeing how john's the really the favorite and maybe actually get to figure out what was so important about him being a targaryen in the first place yeah be able to feel those things rather than just being get told them being told them and then quickly moved on and wrapping those same plot points up in an episode later Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that is where you know my concerns with them ultimately lie is that it's like you know are they good at adapting material or are they good at creating material because after what season five is when they surpassed the books
1: season six was the end I believe Um, Whenever John got left dying in the snow
0: so that was season five because in season six is when yes, he's brought back. Season correct. seven, he goes yep. to you know meet Daniel and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so, and I think th- season six, seven, and eight, the last three beyond the George R. R. Martin books, is where I've f- I've seen a lot more of the criticisms. Not just personally, but also lot, that's where I feel like people are constantly pointing to of like these are where like these pro- problems arose. Yeah. So, that's one question I do have for them. Um, because most of the work has been just with Game of Thrones is, are they adapters or are they creators? And if they're, you know, great adapters of material, then that's like, oh, then definitely give them like KOTOR or something that like you labeled as legends and now you can repurpose, use all of this, you know, uh, backstory and setup and all these characters as basis for their films, but they can, you know, change them just like they changed several things in Game of Thrones. Right. But then if but if that's not the case and because if you know that other script is in the works and they're not doing old Republic and maybe they're not adapting some other material and you're just asking them, here's three films in Star Wars, create whatever you want. Do I have the same faith that they can do that? I don't think I can say that I do. I think maybe they are Best suited, from what I've seen of them, uh, to be adapters of material, not creators, and that's in their right to obviously prove me wrong if that is the case. And they are creating something brand new, and they're, in, you know, uh, they're taking the galaxy to the unknown regions. That's where they're going to set their trilogy, and it actually takes place a hundred years before the prequels. And then the nice Old Republic movie is going to take place a thousand years before the prequels, and that there'll be two different things, two different time periods, mm-hmm. and benefit wise can do their own thing that way. Yeah. And if that's the case, then fine. Mm -hmm, For sure.
1: And there's like, that's one thing that's really a good point about um, adapting source material. I have not been able to dive into the game of thrones books or a song of fire and ice yet, any of the novels, but listening to binge mode and kind of just absorbing lore from online and reading about it as much as I can or where I do, they seem rather unwieldy in a lot of ways, like a lot of subplites, a lot of characters and they condensed, um, compulated, uh, composited all of this into something that like we can understand on TV, mm-hmm. like just p- smallly, like Yara's name is Asha in the books, but they named her Yara Great Joy because it sounded too close to y- Osha, who was also in there, like these small things that you don't <laughs> think about, but you're like, yeah, that may have confused people on mm-hmm. um, the, Amazon little X-ray notes thing have been very handy, like you know, uh, kind of sussing out all of these things and Barts. And so, one of the things about Kotor or um, uh, the New Jedi Order books is are they are exceptionally, exceptionally crazy, just in terms of plot lines and threads and things like that. We're just like they wrote twenty one of these books, but and they clearly began and got to the middle and. We're like, we have no clue what's going on until they <laughs> finally set the end game in motion in two final books where they're like, time to wrap this thing up. Here's mm. a premise and here's the ending and like, let's get out of this thing. So with all of that said, if there the, there's certainly just a mm. mess of, you know, information and plots and like you said, lore and content that they can distill and make Better and make mm-hmm. more coherent because that's really what this tri- new trilogy is about in a lot of ways is just making the mess of legends coherent. And so, Benioff and Weiss are absolutely great at cons- condensing all of that stuff, and that's their strength coming up with new things or writing from an endpoint um, rather than, you know, um, writing. The end and working backwards is right. clearly not their style. They should not be doing that. No. Um, but without, yeah, without signposts, like what they had with jar Martin's material. Yeah. They've seemed lost. So it's, it's interesting, like creating new versus taking something that's already been taking a structure, a framework, mm-hmm. It would definitely gonna be hard for them.
0: And I think it's also difficult because again, we are still three years out from this movie, um, from the first film coming out. There's still a lot of de- details we do not know. Again, that nice little public script that's in the works could, in fact, be the first installment of their film, and that way it shows not only is like are they letting other people write with them mm-hmm. for their films, but that are getting a female writer on board, which is something that rarely happened uh if ever with Game of Thrones. I know they had a couple of females direct episodes, um, but I don't know how many of them actually wrote episodes. I um I don't think of any. So that's already a, a big change, whether that's from them or that was instituted by Lucasfilm, that's one way to make these, you know, criticisms that you talked about already, you know, kind of hopefully disappear is that you get other people involved and let them take over. But in addition to that, you know, if uh, you know, if this nice little public script that is written by Lita uh, Calig- Calig- Grittis, uh is not with them, there's still no saying that some other writer is not going to come on board and, you know, actually write the screenplay for the film while Banford Wise will just lay out the story points, turning them into the George R, R. Martins and letting somebody else come in mm-hmm. and be the Banford Wises. For the Star Wars. Trilogy. That is definitely in the cards. And if that is the case, then that writer and whoever comes on to be the the director will really be the ones to help put an imprint on this. Now, if you were to say, you know, plans have changed, BFYs are writing solo or are producing solo writing the films, or not solo, I guess, together. They're they're co-writing the films. Yeah. Just them. Nobody else is touching it. And they're also going to direct the films. Then I think all of the criticism that they've received for Game of Thrones, how it's been created and all this stuff is a bit more valid when it comes to Star Wars. But if they are just creating and then other people come in, right? Other, and somebody comes in and directs, whether it's uh, you know the Rooster Brothers, like we talked about last week, Michael Dowertree, uh, Ryan Coogler, Ava mm-hmm. DuVernay, uh, any big name, you know, thoughtful director uh, comes in. All of a sudden, again, this vision changes because of what the director is going to bring to it from their own experiences. So if you know, they had some weird, you know, r- you know, underlying racism that they didn't catch in their script. And then, you know, they get, like, Ryan Coogler to come on board and he reads and he's like, you know what, guys? Yeah, <laughs> I think we should change a couple of things. And they're like, oh, that's a great point. We mm-hmm. didn't think about that. Then these criticisms kind of go by the wayside.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the thing, too, is, like, very specifically from the beginning of this is that they are creating... Um, I mean, uh, Iger said that they will write, or the press releases that they will write, but create. But it, that's as specific as it gets. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to direct, they would be directors right now,
0: but they're not. Right. I mean, they directed the Game of Thrones finale. Yeah. And I think one or two other episodes, maybe. But other than that, they're mainly just writers, producers, creators.
1: Mm-hmm. And all of that, I mean, they're like, and then especially in the, mach- the machine of Disney and the Lucasfilm in general, where you have a very um, small story group that's going to review what they have and give them notes and um, write and cut, Uh, it's going to be very hard for things like that to get through just in general. And that's why I don't think those parts of their writing are going to be problematic, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when it comes to getting these things on the big screen. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, so I guess what does it mean for like all these criticisms, the pros, the cons of Game of Thrones, their backstory, their histories, like yeah. what does it re- ultimately mean for Star Wars? Um, I think because there's some good things. I think there are some good things that they've done with that. I mean, in Kathleen Kennedy's statement when they were announced, they, she said, "David and Dan are some of the best storytellers working today. Their command of complex stories, uh, complex characters, depth of story, and richness of mythology will break new ground and boldly push Star Wars in ways I find incredibly exciting." I think all of that stuff still rings true, whether or not you liked the last two seasons or three seasons of Game of Thrones. You know, they still know how to deal with complex characters. Mm-hmm. Maybe they dealt with them a little too quickly in some cases. Sure. The depth of the story. Again, maybe they raced through some things that otherwise maybe could have used two episodes dedicated just to that story point. Um, and the richness of the mythology, even as the complexity and the story of Game of Thrones raced towards its conclusion, uh, the mythology and the richness of it still maintained in Game of Thrones. And so if they're bringing those elements to Star Wars and that's the main focus of them is to give us characters, story, and mythology and then let somebody else come in and figure out the finer points of all that stuff, yeah. and obviously create and direct the, those films as well, then I think we're in good position with them to still give us something that's new and exciting. Uh, I still think that it probably means, and not probably, it definitely means that all this reaction to Game of Thrones Season 8 and their involvement in this new Star Wars trilogy, even though we're still three years out, and all, all of this stuff could cool down uh, by then, it probably will to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's still going to be th- the audience who did not like season eight and season seven, or especially the finale, right? Are going to be zeroed in on what they are doing with Star Wars, whether it's who they're hiring to write and direct these films, who they're hiring to uh, be cast in them, who they're what the story points are going to be, and then if it does not meet expectations. All fingers going to be on benefit wise whether or not it's actually their fault.
1: Yeah, the magnifying glass that is that is on Star Wars got like you know adjusted and cranked up the ten to twenty x on them after all of this because the ending was so unsatisfactory and like you know like you was you made a great point earlier about how like. Some of this is not really their fault. It's just the nature of television shows in general. Mm-hmm. It's because people come and go, and they're 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 just done over long periods of time. I mean, it's, it's a three month shoot every year. It's not a three month shoot,
0: and then you're done. Right. For uh, you know, 18 and for Game months. of Thrones, it's probably it's a lot longer than three months. I'd assume. Yeah, uh, yeah, they had three I mean, units around the world. The Battle or... of Winterfell was fifty nights straight alone, or something. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, like, when
1: you basically shot one movie for an episode. Yeah. And that's what those last seasons became. Um, And then, like, with all of that, you know, together, and you get, like, when you get inside the machine of movies and that Disney's already built up and created in the infrastructure um, and all of that, it's just going to be an entirely different product um, in a lot of ways. Because, like, I mean, you just have more time with film than you do with television. I mean, you're I mean, the, and the thing is, like the astounding thing is, Game of Thrones is beautiful mm-hmm. in terms of like everything it is. Like, I um, think one perfect shot is doing the best shots of the series so far. Okay, and they're and like they're just pulling frame by frame, and you are like, that's exceptional. There is a great one um, in season five, four, five, five. I don't know after um, Jorah and Tyrion have made it to shore after getting attacked in Valeria. And mm-hmm. it's just the reflections on the water and the sunset. as They're just kind of catching their breath. It's gorgeous. Like, And those things are going to get brought over. Like Those ideas, those scene crafting, if they're writing those things um, into it, are going to be there. And that's going to be good. And that's going to be great. Um, I don't remember the initial point of this tangent. But they... <laughs> they certainly have it and television is not movies.
0: That's correct. And I think just like, what does all of this mean? What is it? like What is this trilogy? What do they need to do um, for this new series of films to be successful for whatever? Um, I also think it's just important to remember that like, you know, the internet, whether you know, and as you know, kind of destructive as Twitter can be at times, it's not. I mean, as much as it sometimes feels like a black hole that people are just shouting into the void of mm-hmm. meaningless, it's it's really not. Like Lucasfilm, Barefoot for Wise, they're definitely going to hear these criticisms. They're going to know about them. And do you think Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy, even though I think sh- her contract will be up by the time this new movie probably eventually starts production, so whoever else is the new head of Lucasfilm by that point? Is just going to be like, you know what, guys, free reign, do whatever you want to do. Bob's cool with it, or whoever's the new president by that point, Disney. Alan Horn's cool with it. Don't worry about it. Do your own thing. We're cool. No, like they've been through this before. Like I think that's one of those things with, you know, J.J. Abrams. I remember the same thing. This, like, I remember the day we recorded our emergency episode of J.J. J. Abrams is the choice to direct mm-hmm. Star Wars 9, and all of the talk of oh, uh, JJ? I mean, we liked Force Awakens, but he can't close. He's never closed before. And then we come back around, and everyone's right. like, yeah, JJ. Yeah, he's going to mm-hmm. do it. It's like, yeah, like, duh. Like, not that, like, you know, Bear Wise are in that same boat, but, like, I think JJ kind of took the challenge of, let me show you what I would do if I had the chance to close, which I haven't had the chance to do before. hmm and now here it is. He's going to culminate this trilogy of films, the last two trilogies of films, but also the last three trilogies of films.
1: And as a side note, when you think, when you condemn, when you say all of that out loud, you're
0: like, Colin Trevorrow was your pick to do all that? Oh yeah, that's that's nuts. <laughs> uh, but, um, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, that's just I, I I can't imagine what the thought process was behind that hiring at the point, but. I mean, Jurassic World was good. Jurassic World was good. It, 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 was, it was like Spielberg's like, this guy's got it. And yeah, Kathleen Kennedy's like, like, okay, if you say so, Spielberg. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, like the, the the connections were there. You can yes. see the through lines into him getting in there, but it's just like – Oh my gosh. No. I mean JJ's the only person that I would like trust to do this if not for I mean like I mean maybe like I don't I honestly it'd, don't be like, know. it'd be
0: like JJ or a- or like Spielberg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um or maybe like George is like, "I will direct it." then like, like uh, No, thanks, George. Direct
0: maybe. You can be a ghost
1: writer. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can exactly. just be
0: on set and <laughs> give an input every now and then. Um, but the the point I was making is that like Baron for Wise are going to see these criticisms and they're not just going to be like, eh, the internet doesn't know what we're talking about. We know what we're doing and we'll just stick to what we did to get here. Like they're going to, they're going to look back, reflect on the, you know, the criticisms of how they've handled female characters, of sexism, of racism, of um, they rushed to a finale—that whatever, like the, the criticism may be—they're going to be forced to confront it, too. Right. But, but I think
1: rather than like, I mean, like I don't, I don't know how you react to criticism yourself, but like when I get it, I'm like, oh yes, of course, and then I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah know, that's like, true. but the thing is, like, they're coming up against a—they're coming up, they're going to be involved with people who care about these right. things, they're who like- want. Who don't wanna see these things. And I think that's gonna teach them, mm-hmm. bring them along the way. I'm like, I don't know, who knows like what Confederate or whatever else they create will be right. when it's, you know, in free for all territory. But there's a change that's gonna they're gonna undergo, at least
0: in the terms of development of these mm-hmm. films. Yeah, and I mean, may I is it possible we're looking at this with like rose tinted glasses or just like fingers crossed, we hope this turns out good and positive because we like like you mentioned we were both lukewarm slash positive about the like the final season but overall really enjoyed the series yeah um and we both really like star wars we want to see star wars succeed we want to see Banford wise continue to have success and not just like collapse their careers in star wars as a whole if like (laughs) this goes down in flames uh is that possible sure but I, i really just do think that like you know they are ultimately going, like you mentioned, they're going to have to take these criticisms to heart and figure out how do we avoid these going forward, and whether it's with hiring other writers to come in and look at your material, yep. a director having the story um, board people just mine over your material over and over and over again to make sure you're not, you know, moving through things too quickly. Then great, and even if that means that, like, the reason we're taking three years off between nine. And this new series is not only just to give fans a bit of a breather and let the Star Wars excitement kind of build back up through a 3 hiatus, but maybe also just so they can sit down and be like, right. here's what we are going to do through three films. That way they're not doing one film, seeing if it hits or misses, and then if it hits, it's like, okay, now do we do for the next one. Well, we don't know. We just plan for one. It's like, you, what? Right. <laughs> no. Plan the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then you can make small changes along the way if need be. Yes. But figure out what your plan's gonna be, make it happen that way.
1: One hundred percent. And that's kind of the thing too, but like I think Kathleen Kennedy said oh, um during his celebration in one of the interviews in an off a cuff like red carpet interview, like the plan was always to get palp get to palpatine yeah. somehow or some way. Um
0: I don't totally buy that. I don't
1: think it, no, I don't think it passes meltest. Star Wars feels like it's been on the seat of its pants but like maybe they're like but also Palpatine shows up somewhere. Yeah, but you maybe know?
0: maybe that was JJ's plan along, but I don't think based on like yeah, sure Ryan do whatever you want. Like there's no allusions to Palpatine or whatever. Like No, but maybe that's part of
1: the surprise. Maybe?
0: Again, we don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know either. But like imagine Game of Thrones level of development over 7 hours of film. Um, you know, quality film mm-hmm. like, with the best writers, the best directors and set designers and all those things with, um, I don't know who would probably score it, um, score the film, but you know, someone,
0: it would be the same guy who did game of Thrones and who also did Iron Man, Ruan something. Yeah. Um, or no one's new. Oh, did you see it by the way? tangent back to the Monday episode um, Ludwig Gorson scoring Tenet
1: Ludwig Gorson there we go that's what I was thinking of I, I was going to say Hans Zimmer I'm sorry <laughs> um, it's great to see him branching out by the way yeah anyway like uh, he jumps on board you know like and things like that they're going to help tell these stories across mm-hmm. this much film and we we know it's a trilogy kind of because that's what HBO CEO says
0: right but it was pitches a series of films yeah, like Ryan Johnson's announcement was very strictly a trilogy. hmm Theirs is a series. Right. So maybe whether or not
1: develop that or whether that, or not
0: but... they are around for the whole thing as like we are very hands on writers, producers. Uh maybe they're only doing that for three movies, but then what they set up is going to be like the next saga mm-hmm. and then they're just like, you know, get E P credits because they created the foundation for it moving forward. That's possible. But I, I mean, I don't know.
1: Uh, it'll be interesting. Like it's just up in the air as well. We literally know nothing right now. Yeah. We also we know we know we feel like we know a lot, but we also know nothing. And there, there are all of these just scattered pieces. Mm-hmm. You told me said on the heard me said on the main show that I think it's a that the old the Kotar old Republic story is probably a part of this or is tangentially related. Be just because of the hiring, yeah, and the time and everything like that. But also that means that. That um, they had to have known very early on from their pitch, from their hiring, that they knew what they wanted to do. And Iger said, I think, around that same time that that the pair was focused on a particular point in time in the Star Wars Mm -hmm. franchise. And then all of a sudden, they've got a screenwriter developing something for that. Yeah, that's a good point. And so all of those things, that's a very specific point in time. This is, you know, their thing. So they undoubtedly played the video game. They had Xboxes in two thousand four. I mean, <laughs> they, come on. Um, so they definitely played that series, and I definitely think that's what's up. But, um, yeah, like I think it's gonna be okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, now that the kind of the it's the, gonna be great. Actually, now that the finale's done and everything. Yes. When do you think we'll hear from them or? Star Wars directly. Star Wars Celebration next year. Okay, so next April? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's probably right. And there'll be a... And yes, it is nice little public, or it is... Bleh, whatever it is. They will have a logo. And we are f- going to start filming next spring. Right.
1: Big Celebration. Here's
0: early concept art of the main character. Mm, no. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not.
1: Not until the trailer.
0: I maybe. I don't know. I feel like if they are going to announce, here's what it is, at Celebration next year, they will give the people in attendance something exclusive because Star Wars always does that. But here's a behind-the-scenes reel. Here's a photo that you're only going to see online because people are going to take pictures of it with their phones. and It's not going to be really that great. Mm -hmm. Um, But they'll be like, alright, phones down, everybody. Boom, here's a quick image of the epic clash of a hundred Sith versus a hundred Jedi.
1: I could see some concept art. Yeah, something like that. I could see some concept art. That's for sure.
0: Um, But it may be more of a celebration of the
1: last three years or the last five Mm -hmm. years. That's true. And you're going to have everyone there on stage. That's for sure.
0: Maybe. Big group photo. uh, Just in terms of what do we want from them? Because I think as we've kind of talked through this, we're both still fairly positive um, about their abilities to deliver something Mm -hmm. at least good. In terms of quality for Star Wars uh, with their new trilogy, is there anything specific or even generically that you want from them?
1: Yeah, slow burn, Okay. Um, factions, a lot, a, lot, a lot of regionalism, but a grand overarching story um, where you can feel the scale rather than... Um, you have a sense of it just from what you're being seen on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what I'm aiming for as well. But also, but also a deep, um, a deep focus on lore and mythos, and um, maybe not so much like retroactive, but just yeah, the, uh, the feeling that history is playing out without being too uh, Shakespearean in the way that the One, two, and three were Mm -hmm. kind of like these are things that are said in the past, so I need to write an old timey voice rather than like you know, um, Shakespeare just writing for his time or whatever, be like trying to mimic it, and then like you just like slip into like old timey accents and like things (laughs) like that, like, see here, folks, or fella, or you know, how dare you, and then like all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's not how it was, clearly, but you have to like write with that distinction, so. Getting those senses right, I think, is going to be big and important. That's what I want the
0: most, though. I mean, intergalactic Sith-Jedi conflict. And you do want it to be Old Republic. I
1: I do, but I didn't talk myself into, like, an Imperial Senate trilogy, Hmm. which would be interesting, too. Jimmy Smith is our hero, and (laughs) just, like, running around being like, we've got to stop the Empire, and then they're like no you don't and then all of a sudden now palpatine shows up and his red guard spears people and it's like that but that would just be so derivative of game of thrones
0: we'd probably all laugh them out of the theater all i can think of is that they would do uh you know a new hope prequel it's all politics and right. it is slow Wasn't burn it- and it, we get millie Bobby brown as a teenage leia and i'm just like oh gosh no thank you right that yeah. does not sound good to me <laughs>
1: I like that could be worst case scenario like that's
0: just like if that if that's the announcement I'm just like wipe my hands <laughs> alright cool let me know when Ryan's up right <laughs> so Ryan's definitely coming out in 2024 right mm-hmm. I can look forward to that and I mean if they did if that was the case like sure you do that and you hire Dan Trachtenberg to direct the first series sure I'm gonna go see it no matter what it is but am I gonna be pumped for it mm-hmm no, am I going to be as pumped if it was a hundred Jedi versus a hundred Sith? Definitely not. Right. Am I going to be as excited for that as anything else that could develop? Probably not. <laughs> uh, cause I just feel like, I mean, I think the political angle of Star Wars has obviously always been there. Could be part of it. Um, for you know, I think in these new films a little more. I think that's one aspect that people have kind of been missing is all the kind of. Politics, all that kind of stuff.
1: Right. What's the uh, state of the galaxy? Right.
0: Oh, we just and Prime. Does that have any impact? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it'd be interesting if they did go back to those roots and really go all in on the politics. But I don't think you hire the Game of Thrones guys to do that. No. So maybe that's something for down the line. But it's probably something to be better sort sure of for like a Disney Plus series of like, and it is jimmy smiths and the young leia and that's the adventure and it's the early days of the rebellion and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff um but i really just want something new i don't want it to be based around the skywalker saga in any way i mean i guess in the if it's in that same time period but it's like off in the complete other side of the galaxy and you have there's no mention of Skywalkers, there's no mention of um sidious vader uh whatever like go out create your own thing um, I'm pretty sure on like uh Star Wars canon they've established other planets and other like sections of the universe have different names for the force and that's been the case throughout time as well so that'd be very interesting if like we're going like way 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 back mm. to like when people first found out oh Jimmy over here can, like, lift rocks. Right. That's weird. Yes. (laughs) How is that the case? Does that mean anything? Right. Who's to say? Is he special? Is that a normal thing? Can we all do that? I don't know. Like, if they go that far back, that could be interesting to see. And, like, I just want something from them that's new, separated from everything else, so they can just do their thing and create and get other great writers, great directors involved, who can then take their vision and run with it. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean... We're both still excited for them, yes. for them to take over um, after the Skywalker saga has ended. So I think that's everything we need to cover about this topic, unless you have any other final thoughts. No, other than just like diving into like
1: clone Jedi Civil War stuff. I mean, that's about all, um, but that would be an entire pod. <laughs> in and of itself, once we know the direction of these, if right. co- it, it is a Kotar film, and that's a, in the case, you know what they're going to be developing. Like we can really get into the Bane, rule of two, mm-hmm. all of that jazz. We'll, That'd be cool. We'll we'll, we'll do it upright. Yeah, I case.
0: mean, I I agree with you that I, we definitely do not know anything. We're not going to hear anything official about this first film, this trilogy at all until twenty twenty some points mm-hmm. at the best and if it's celebration great if it's you know san diego comic-con great if it's uh i mean the only sliver of hope we get before then is is d23 this august is like you know oh, here's yeah you know a exclusive clip from star wars 9 but also benefit wise here and here's boom here's what's coming out three years from You've now gotta have red meat for investors That's possible. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be like some random Disney earnings call and Bob Argy's right, back. Yep, so Ban for Wise are going to start shooting Knights of the Republic tomorrow, you're like, Ooh, what? Yeah,
1: oh, here's the cast, the title of the movie yeah. is Knights K- of the Old Republic. Kit
0: Harrington's in here, uh, Glenn Powell, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Those are very, the, the Glenn Powell, Kit Harrington, like, it seems inevitable, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, that sounds great to me. So, uh, either way, let us know what you guys think about the Ban for Wise Star Wars trilogy. If you guys are still excited for it after the Game of Thrones uh, final season, if you guys are even more excited for it after the Game of Thrones final season, if you're less excited, let us know what you guys are feeling what your temperature is on the on this new uh star wars trilogy from banning off and wise you can do so by treating us at Friends the film on twitter and you can follow me personally on there at movie cooper you can get at me josh it's just joshua ryan. ryan and if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe share retweet and more plus head over to itunes to give us a five star review with comments tell us why you enjoyed listening to the show thanks again for tuning in to the friendstone podcast josh and thank you for stopping in everybody and be sure to turn next week for our future episode.